Thank you for checking out the sermon at Hope Church. We exist to connect people to live the life of a Jesus follower. We're excited that you came across this message and are tuning in. We just want to make you aware of a couple things before we get to the sermon. First, we'd love to connect with you. You can follow us on our social networks by searching at Hope Church LV. Also, be sure to check out our website, hopechurchonline.com. There, you have access to other resources, information about who we are, and where we're going as a church, as well as an opportunity to give to what God is doing through our church. Once again, thanks for checking out this sermon. Please let us know if there's any questions you have or any way we can come alongside you and your family. Enjoy the message. Well, leadership affects every area of life. Every area of our lives is impacted or affected in some way by leadership. And so right now at Hope, we've taken four weekends to learn some lessons on leadership from one of the greatest leaders in the Bible, a man by the name of Moses. And we began the series a couple of weeks ago by sharing with you the insight that leadership's not what you think it is, because some people immediately hear the term leadership, and they think, okay, this series isn't for me. But I want to remind you of a quote that we've used each weekend by John Maxwell. Look at it on the screen. He said, leadership is not about titles, positions, and flowcharts. It is about one life influencing another. And in that simple definition of leadership, the reality is that every one of us as followers of Jesus, we're in leadership. Every one of us has an arena where our lives, we've been set apart by God to influence the lives of others. For some of you, that that position or platform of leadership is in business. As As a business leader, you are leading people and you have influence on the lives of those who work in your business and those that your business is serving and meeting their needs. You have influence, you have leadership for some of you. It's leadership in a classroom. You have influence over students, or maybe as a student, you have influence over fellow students, and you have influence in the lives of your teachers and those in authority. Or if you're a teacher or an educator, you have influence in those that you're called to teach and to lead. For some of you, it's leadership or influence in your neighborhood. In your community, you've been called in the neighborhood or the apartment complex where you live to be an influence into the lives of other people. For some, maybe it's simply in the home, as a mom or a dad. We've been called to have influence. Parenting at its core is leadership. It's influencing the lives of other people. So all of us and every area of our lives have been affected by leadership. And whether your leadership platform is big or small, These lessons that we've been looking at from the life of Moses are applicable to us all. And just quickly, so far, we've we've talked about, number one, that leaders grow in their character. We looked week one. I talked about how leaders must uh, listen for the voice of God and look for the activity of God and then live moment by moment in dependence on God. And then last weekend, Pastor Brian unpacked the, the leadership lesson that leaders lead courageously despite the challenges ahead. Even when there's a Red Sea in front of you and an Egyptian army behind you, as a leader who's heard the voice of God, you can lead courageously in spite of difficult circumstances. This weekend, we come to the third leadership principle. And actually, 
the way we had originally written this weekend, the principle of the leadership lesson is simply this, that leaders receive counsel and share responsibility. The problem is, as I begin to study that, there's no way that I can unpack all of that in one sermon unless you were committed to be here until 2 o'clock this afternoon. So, without any amens there, we are going to <laughs> slice this a little bit, and I'm simply going to focus on the first half of this principle, and then next weekend we're going to look at how leaders develop new leaders, and we're going to wrap in this idea of leaders share responsibility by developing new leaders. We're going to talk about that next weekend, and I'll be bringing this series to a close next weekend as we look at that principle. But this morning, I want to look at the reality that leaders receive counsel. If you have your Bible, I want you to turn to Exodus chapter 18. Now, we've been walking through the life journey of Moses, and, and Moses has now been leading for a minute. He, he has exerted his leadership. He has become a little bit more proven as a leader to where now, whereas before Moses was afraid nobody would listen to him, now Everybody wants Moses' counsel. Everybody wants to hear from Moses. Everybody wants a minute with Moses so he can speak into their situation. And we find him in Exodus chapter 18. And what I'm about to read for you, to, in my opinion, is one of the most practically applicable passages in the Old Testament. When, you, when I read this for you, you're going to hear one-liners all throughout this thing that could just be pulled out and dropped into any leadership seminar that you were going to go to. This thing is full of principles. So I'm going to pick it up in verse 13 where Moses is about to have a conversation with his father-in-law, Jeff, Jethro. So verse 13 of Exodus chapter 18. It says, And it came about the next day that Moses sat to judge the people... And the people stood about Moses from morning until evening. So get this picture in your mind. Here's Moses sitting there, and there's a line all the way out the door. It starts at the crack of dawn, and it goes all the way until the sun goes down. A long line of people outside of Moses' office there in the wilderness, and they are waiting for their minute with Moses. So Moses can bring leadership. Moses can bring insight into their situation. Verse 14. Now, when Moses' father-in-law saw all that he was doing for the people, he said, What is this thing that you are doing for the people? Why do you alone sit as judge and all the people stand about you from morning until evening? Moses said to his father-in-law, Because the people come to me to inquire of God. When they have a dispute, it comes to me, and I judge between the man and his neighbor and make known the statutes of God and his laws. Moses has come a little bit from the moment when he said, Who am I? I don't have anything. Now he's saying, Hey, they're coming. They're looking for me. Verse 17. Moses' father-in-law said to him, The thing that you are doing is not good. You will surely wear out both yourself and these people who are with you for the task is too heavy for you. You cannot do it alone. Now listen to me. I will give you counsel and God be with you. 
You be the people's representative before God, and you bring the disputes to God. Then teach them the statutes and the laws, and make known to them the way in which they are to walk and work, and the work they are to do. Furthermore, you shall select out of all the people able men who fear God, men of truth, those who hate dishonest gain, and you shall place these over them as leaders of thousands, of hundreds, of fifties, of tens. Let them judge the people at all times. Let it be that every major dispute they will bring to you, but every minor dispute they themselves will judge. So it will be easier for you, listen to this, and they will bear the burden with you. This stuff's awesome, isn't it? This is a really good book God gave us. Verse 23. If you do this thing, and this is important, and God so commands you, then you will be able to endure, and all these people also will go to their place in peace. So Moses listened to his father-in-law and did all that he said. Moses chose able men out of all Israel and made them heads over the people, leaders of thousands, of hundreds, of fifties, and of tens. And they judged the people at all times. The difficult dispute they would bring to Moses, but every minor dispute they themselves would judge. Then Moses bade his father-in-law farewell, and he went his way into his own land. You don't even hardly have to say anything to that, right? I mean, that now I'm going to, but you don't have to, right? I mean, it's just right there. It's right there in print. When you read, I don't know about you, but when I read that, I begin to fall under conviction myself about how I handle things and how I manage and the way I look at tasks. There's just so much insight in this passage of Scripture. Now you understand why we're going to look at this over two weekends and not just one because it's so rich. But what I want to do is unpack principle number one. This is really lesson number three in our big picture series Leaders receive counsel from others. Leaders receive counsel from others. And really, if you, if you really want to zero in on that word counsel, you could really use the word input. I'm not here talking about professional counseling. I'm talking about input. Leaders receive input from others. There was a a, a poet who was also a priest in the Anglican church in the 1600s who coined a phrase that I know you've heard before and you've probably used it. But it came from John Donne in the early 1600s. Here's the quote. No man is an island entire of itself. No man is an island. John Donne could have written that to Moses. Moses had built for himself a little island of leadership. No man is an island. Too many leaders try to lead from an island. They try to lead in isolation from input from others. And don't just think when I say that about people in politics or people in business leadership. I'm talking about even as parents leading in the home, too often we try to lead on an island. We try to influence other people's lives in isolation from input. Now, as I walk through this lesson this morning, I'm going to give you three or four leadership realities. These are just statements that, that God laid on my heart this week as I was studying all of this. But, but the first one I want to give you, I want you to look at it on the screen. Leadership may be lonely at times, but it cannot be done alone. 
for the last 25 years of my life in ministry, I've walked in a position or platform of leadership. I have children, four of them. As a parent, I've walked in a platform of leadership. And I understand, I understand, if you are in a position of leadership, at times, it can be a very lonely place. Leadership can be lonely. But that is not an excuse to retreat in isolation. Because leadership cannot be done alone. No man is an island entire of itself. So if we are going to be leaders who lead listening to others, there are three big questions that I want to lay on you today that I think we all need to wrestle with. Here's the first one. Who's in my life that I'm listening to? Who's in your life? That you're listening to. The Bible says here in verse 14, Now when Moses' father-in-law saw all that he was doing for the people. That word saw there is the word that simply means to see with the eyes, to look at, to, to, to comprehend. The word all there is a word that means the entire. It's the inclusion of everything or every one of something. Here's the point. Moses had people in his life that could see the entire scope of his leadership and people who had, asked, who had access into every aspect of Moses' life. The Bible says Jethro saw it all. That means that Moses had allowed Jethro in. Moses had allowed Jethro into his life to the degree that he could see the entire scope of what Moses was responsible for, but he could also have access into the individual aspects and parts of Moses' life so that Jethro could see it all. Here's the first thing I want you to wrestle with. Who's in your life that you've allowed behind the curtain to see it all? I'm telling you, as soon as I ask the question, there are two names that immediately come to my mind in my own life. Two names. They know me inside and out. And I'm not talking about my wife. My wife obviously is one of those people. But outside of my wife, two names that come to my mind. They understand my scope of leadership. They understand the platform and the position that God's given me. They know the intricacies of my life. They know the weaknesses of my heart. They understand who I am. They are in. I have let them in. Who is in your life that can see it all? If you're struggling to come up with the name, you're already behind in the leadership game. Leadership may be lonely, but you cannot do it alone. If you don't have some people that you've let in to see it all, to understand where you're living, to understand the scope of your influence, and to understand the different aspects of your life, then you're already behind the leadership game. You need some people in your life who can see it and speak into it. Here's why. Jethro could see what Moses could not see. Let me give you another leadership reality. 
Others can see weaknesses in your leadership that you cannot see because weaknesses are often born from strengths unguarded. Moses thought a position of strength in his leadership was the ability to speak into the lives of other people. So Moses took great pride in the fact that there was a line of people out the door from daylight till sunset waiting to get his input because Moses thought, man, I am functioning in my wheelhouse. This is my strength. I am good at this. And yet his strength unguarded had become a weakness that was such a blind spot to Moses, he couldn't even see it. And if somebody else didn't have access to look at the whole scope of what he was doing, Moses never would have saw it. It was a blind spot. You know they call it a blind spot because it's blind to you, right? You can't see it. Moses couldn't see it. He had to have somebody speak into his life. That's why Proverbs over and over again teaches this wisdom principle. Wisdom demands that I get input from other people. Let me show you a verse. Proverbs chapter 13 verse 20. Look at this on the screen. He who walks with wise men will be wise. But the companion of fools will suffer harm. The word companion here is a word that indicates a relationship of friendship between two persons. I'm not talking here about professional leadership coaches. Nothing wrong with having those people in our lives. I'm talking about somebody that's in your life walking with you who can see what's going on. They're not just getting your version of it on a once a month phone call. They're in your life. They know your business. They know your strengths. They know your weaknesses. The Bible says if you're walking with somebody like that, you'll be wise. You see, the truth is that wise decision-making as a leader begins before decisions ever come up. I'll give you another leadership reality. The relational choices I make set the environment from which leadership decisions will be made. You see, the people that you're allowing into your life to see it all, the people that you're listening to, they're going to set the environment from which you make those critical key leadership decisions. And if you've not made the first step of getting those people in your life, when you get to the decision, you've created a relational environment where you're going to fail in decision making. Wise men walk with other wise men. Wise people walk with other wise people. And if we don't do that, the Bible says, we'll suffer harm. So the first big question, who's in your life that you're listening to? Second big question, am I listening to those in my life? You see, it's not sufficient to check off the box, okay, I've got some people in my life. The second step is, are you listening to them? You hear what Jethro said to Moses? Look at verse 17. Moses' father-in-law said to him. Now, 
It's tough enough that he's listening to rebuke. It's even tougher that he's hearing it from his father-in-law. Amen? All the son-in-laws in the room said amen. <laughs> Verse 18, you will surely wear out both yourself and these people who are with you. For the task is too heavy for you. Verse 17, he said the thing you're doing is not good. He looked at Moses and said, Moses, this is a mess. It's not good. The word good there is the same word used in Genesis chapter 1 and chapter 2 when the Bible said God created and then God said it is what? It's good. What God, was, what God was saying there is the way I've created it, this is the best. Jethro looked at Moses and said, Moses, this is not the best way to do this. Now, think about who this is. This is Moses listening to his father-in-law who never led anything but a herd of sheep on the backside of a desert. I'm surprised we didn't read this verse. Uh, Jethro, a lot has happened since I left you on the backside of the desert in the wilderness. Since I left being your assistant shepherd, uh, Jethro, you need to understand that uh, I've had some pretty big leadership wins. Have you ever heard of the plagues, Jethro? You know the plagues that brought down the greatest empire on the face of the earth? I'm your man. <laughs> Jethro, you ever heard of the Egyptian army? They're gone. That's me. Jethro, have you ever stood in front of the Red Sea and wondered how I'm going to get to the other side before this army behind me terrorizes and destroys the entire people that I'm leading. Jethro, you ever done that? Let me tell you what I did. I parted the Red Sea. Uh, little shepherd man, you want to talk to me? About leadership? The biggest complaints you ever hear is, I got three million people griping and complaining and whining. Are you kidding me? You're going to look at this and say, I'm not doing it right. But that is not what Moses did. Let me give you another leadership reality. Success in leadership can lead to great failure if not filtered into our lives with genuine humility. You see, if Moses had looked at his leadership victories as Moses' leadership victories, success could have bred failure because Moses would have ignored the counsel of Jethro. You ever had somebody try to speak into your life and your thought was, you know, they just, they never been where I am. They just don't understand. Listen, they don't have to have been where you are to see what you can't see. You see, Moses in humility understood that ultimately it was God that gave him those leadership victories. Moses knew in humility he needed two things. He needed God and he needed others. 
And if you ever get to the place in a position of leadership that you forget you need God and you need others, you're in trouble. I don't care how much success you've had. Moses, look at verse 24. So Moses listened to his father-in-law. Even though he'd been successful, even though Jethro had never led a nation, Moses, in humility, he enjoyed success, but he filtered it into his life through the filter of Christ-like humility. And he understood, I need God today, even though I've got some victories. I need God today as much as I needed God at the burning bush. I need others today as much as I needed others at the burning bush. So with humility, Moses filtered that success into his life. And the Bible says when Jethro spoke, Moses listened to what Jethro had to say. Let me give you three reasons why you and I should always listen to the input of others. And this is just something God birthed in my heart in a quiet time a few years ago. Two of these things you've heard me say before, but God's added a third one to it in the last six months that just really helps me filter input from others. Let me give you three reasons why you and I should always listen to input from others. Number one, my perspective is always limited. Here's what that means. I can't see it all. Number two, my input is never enough. Here's what that means. I don't know it all. And number three, my flesh is always deceitful. My heart will lie about it all. I need to listen to other people because my perspective is like, I can't see everything. I need to listen to other people because I don't know it all. No matter how far you are down the road in this leadership journey, there's still some stuff that you don't know. And then third and probably most important, my flesh is always deceitful. My heart will lie about it all. And I need others to speak and I need to listen because of those three things. I need to listen. If you ever get to the place where you think you can see it all or you know it all, or that you've gotten so spiritual that you can just trust everything your heart says. It's dangerous. Let me tell you how dangerous it is. I want to show you two verses in Proverbs that make really pointed statements. Here's the first one. Proverbs 10, 17. He is on the path of life who heeds instruction. The word instruction is a word that means verbal correction. So here's what he says. You're heading in the right direction. If you're listening to others as they speak into your life and correct you. But he who ignores reproof goes astray. The word astray means to wander off course. The word ignore means to walk away from. If somebody's speaking into my life and I just walk away from it, here's what he says. I'm wandering off course and in leadership it's doubly dangerous because you're not just wandering off course. You're leading off course the people that are following you as a leader. As a mom or dad, it's your kids. In the classroom, it's those students. In your business, it's your employees and the people that that are having their needs met through that business. In politics, it's a nation. Whatever it may be, if you don't listen to those that are speaking correction into your life, if they can't see it all and you're not listening, the Bible says you'll wander off course and lead others there with you. Let me give you another verse that's even more pointed than that. 
Proverbs 12, 1. Whoever loves discipline. Now, the word discipline here is the same word as instruction in the other verse we just read. It means verbal correction. Same Hebrew word. Whoever loves discipline loves knowledge. But he who hates reproof is, say it out loud. It doesn't get any more plain than that. If you walk away from people speaking into your life, I have a biblical word for what you are. Stupid. Now, if you don't like that word, take it up with the Lord. He put it in the book. There's sometimes it's a right word. It's a word that really comes from the same root of the idea of being foolish. If you are not listening to the people that are in your life, if they are speaking and you're just disregarding it, thinking that you know more, you can see it better than they can see it, the Bible says that is a foolish way to live, and it's an even more foolish way to lead. Are you listening? Let me give you the third big question. We'll we'll, we'll wrap up this morning. This one's really important. Is what I'm hearing from the Lord? I love what Jethro said in verse 23. If you do this and God so commands you. Here's what Jethro really said. Moses, here's what I see. Here's my input. But you need to take what I've said and go to the Lord. You need to make sure what I'm saying is from the Lord. Is what I'm hearing from the Lord. Let me give you another leadership reality. All counsel is not good counsel. All counsel is not good counsel. I've had people say, well, that's what everybody's telling me to do. So, there's some other measuring sticks that we have to put with that to discern whether or not we're hearing from the Lord. When receiving counsel from others as a leader, I have a responsibility to determine if what I'm hearing is from the Lord. <laughs> Let me just tell you what I've learned as a, just a pastor, all right? Just the leadership position that, that God's given me. I get a whole lot of counsel that's not from the Lord. <laughs> just follow me around one weekend and you'll hear some of it. I get all, being a pastor is like being a coach. Everybody thinks they can make better play calls than you do. It's easy to sit in the love chair on Sunday, right, and watch the game. It's easy to kick that recliner back and say, man, if I was the coach. But all counsel's not good counsel. You've got to measure that counsel and determine, is this from the Lord? Is what I'm hearing Remember how we started? Leaders must grow in character. How do they do that? They listen for the voice of God. Sometimes God speaks through others, but I have a responsibility as a leader to determine is what I'm hearing from the Lord. Well, how do you do that? Well, Moses obviously did it because he did what Jethro said. Let me, let me tell you how I do that. I, there's, Moses doesn't give us the insight about his process. But I want to give you three questions that I ask myself. To discern if the counsel that I'm hearing is from the Lord. Number one, is it consistent with the Word of God? 
If the counsel that you're hearing is not consistent with the Word of God, you don't even have to pray about it. You don't have to ask God about what He's already said. If it's not consistent with the Word of God, it is not counsel from the Lord. And I really look at that in two ways. It must be consistent in principle, meaning that it must be principally in line with Scripture, but I also look for it to be consistent in my personal devotion. Here's what I mean by that. Is what they're saying consistent with what I've been hearing from God in my own personal journey with Him? Not only is it consistent in principle, it doesn't violate Scripture, but is it consistent with what God's been speaking into my life? Is it consistent with the Word of God? Number two, is it confirmed through the input of others? Now, here's what you need to, here's, here's another way to say that. Is what I'm hearing wise counsel or one person's opinion? You and I cannot make leadership decisions based on one person's opinion. I don't care how weighty that opinion may be. How do I know? All right, I heard it from him. Then maybe I'm going to go to somebody else and say, Hey, here's what I'm dealing with. Here's what they said. What do you think? Then I'll take it to somebody else. Here's what I'm dealing with. Here's what this person said. Here's what this person said. What do you say? Is what they're saying confirmed through the input of others? And then here's the third question I ask myself. Is there a check in my spirit? And here's the way I define that. A sense of peace from God. Sometimes I'm hearing somebody and I just there's just a check in my spirit. Let me tell you what I found in my life. Every time I've walked past a check in my spirit, I have lived to regret it without exception. You cannot have peace from God and a check in your spirit at the same time. Where there's peace, there's the absence of a check in my spirit. But when I've heard input from somebody and it lines up with God's word, and it's consistent with what others are saying, and I have peace, I can really say, you know what, I really believe I've heard from the Lord in this. I've heard from God. So, here's the principle this morning. Leaders receive counsel or input from others. So I want to ask you those questions. I want you to answer them in your own heart. Who's in your life that you're listening to? If you don't have one or two or three names that immediately come to your mind, there's your action step out of this weekend. Out of this weekend, your top priority tomorrow morning, 8 a.m., your top priority, is to find two or three people who can begin to see in your life. They can understand the scope of what you do. They can see the issues that you're facing and they're walking with you, helping you make decisions. 
If you don't have an answer to that question, who's in your life, then you need to get one. Number two, are you listening to them? God put this on my heart this morning as I was praying about this service. I believe there are going to be some people here today. You're on the brink of making some leadership decisions. And what I've shared with you today is going to give you the tools that you need to make the right decision. Some of you are going to bring some people into your life that you're going to let speak into your life and it's going to help shape that decision and it's going to change. Some of you are going to walk past this and you're going to think you know it all, you can see it all and you're going to suffer harm because of it. But you're going to do it having stepped over what we've taught you this morning. Are you listening? You can come up with all kinds of excuses why you don't need to. I understand that. I've done that myself. Are you listening? As I'm saying that, some of you right now are on the brink of a decision, and there's some people in your life, they're speaking into your life, this is not a good thing, don't do this, and you're just blowing right past it. And this morning, the Holy Spirit of God is right here before you saying, Listen! Listen! He's not trying to rob you of joy. He's trying to protect you from heartache. Are you listening? And then third is what you're hearing from the Lord. What's your filter? I've given you my questions. You've got to discern your own. Is what you're hearing from the Lord. Leadership may be lonely. But you cannot do it alone. 